Welcome to the one and only Circle City Cinema with your host and the one and only Zach Griffin. Hello! <laughs> Welcome into Circle City Cinema. Of course, I make Bryce laugh before we would start uh, every cinema time. tradition. Every time. Uh, I am your host, Zach Griffith. I am joined as always on the Boba Fett recap episodes by none other than my good friend and this week's Shaddy Sanity host. That's right. Bryce Shaddy. That's right. That's right. That's right. Let him know. Zach, this is going to be a long pod. We just have to accept it. Might be the longest one yet. And um, because, I mean, here's the thing. Rightfully we, so. We can make this an hour if we really wanted to. But I'm just going to, and it's not that we're trying to make it long. We're just going to talk. Like, that's the that's the thing. We're just going to talk. A lot of we're going to talk points. about a lot. A lot so of discussion points. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Bryce, let's just, let's just start out. I mean, chapter six titled from the desert comes a stranger yeah uh yeah he came he uh, yes from the desert he indeed came directed by the goat dave filoni (laughs) yes the current mastermind i would say of the lucas ranch the george lucas successor dave filoni i mean my god and uh folks if you don't know by now You've been living under a rock for the past week. Cad Bane, baby. That's right. That's right. Cad Bane. That's right, baby. Ah, yes. Ah, yeah. Yet another another Clone Wars character, a major Clone Wars character, making their way into live action. You love to see it, folks. This, I mean, we thought Uh, last week's episode was. uh, No, no. Dave Filoni told Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, step Hold back, my please. beer. Hold my beer. Hold my beer, please. Let me give, give me please. the director's chair. Please. This was the best episode thus far. It topped last week's. I personally did not anticipate that. Uh, Bryce, did you anticipate that? Because I, I did not. Uh, no, I did not. And, and you know, it, it's kind of a joke because Chapter 6 is now sitting at a 9.5 rating, just a shade over... Chapter five, it's a joke. Okay, it was sitting at a nine point seven when it premiered. It still should be a nine point seven. Yeah, it should be. This is the best episode by far. I absolutely love it. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about character overload, this is the episode, right? Of characters where you're like, like I, I only think of of Leo and Once Upon a Time, of him holding the cigarette, the beer, pointing at the television. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know him. I know him. I know him. I know you. It's just yes, yes. I mean, it, it, that's all I can think about. I mean, this would have been the best episode without Cad Bane. Oh yeah, that was just and a cherry on top. Cad was Bane like, oh, was yeah. like, yeah, Cad yeah, you was want like one icing more? on the cake. It was just awesome. I mean, uh, and Mando, we had Bo Katan, and of course we had Ahsoka, and now we have Cad Bane crossing over from animation to. To live That's action. Right. This That's is right. just it's unbelievable. Right. Dave Filoni, oh. please, please, two more. The Clone Wars is Dave Filoni's child, and he has watched it grow into an adult, 
with with the stuff he's done on Mando and and Boba Fett. It's just incredible. Oh my god! I hope he directs the finale. I really do. I really hope he directs the finale next week or this week. Yeah. So best episode thus far. We'll get into it in a short while. Bryce, things we've seen lately. Uh, give it to me. I imagine you have a lot because we were snowed in from work for three days. Yes, yes. So, um, so uh, yeah, I did watch quite a few movies. Um, I started with Full Metal Jacket, uh, which I had not seen before. Um, classic Kubrick, obvi- uh, obviously something that he hadn't done before, um, taking on a war film. Uh, still got a guy to give the creepy look, just like in all of his other movies. Uh, this time, Vincent D'Onofrio uh, fulfilling that role. Really uh, tough scene. Uh, that 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 ending. So that was a very tough scene. Mm-hmm. Um, good movie though. I enjoyed it. It's good. Um, I uh, watched Don't Look Up. Uh, finally, Zach. I know what you said about it. That movie sucks. Uh, I can't wait to never watch that again. Yeah. Adam McKay doesn't deserve a performance from Leo and J Law like he got in that film. No, he doesn't. It's an absolute joke. And I cannot believe that I'm hearing the Ariana Grande song that she sings in that movie. On on Pandora Plus, it's ridiculous. It sucks. It's not even a good song. It sucks. It's not. It's not great. <sighs> uh, I also viewed Murder on the Orient Express uh, with Death of the Nile coming to theaters soon. Uh, I thought it was good. I mean, it's an Agatha Christie flick. Uh, you know, based on that, so I yeah. thought it was pretty good. Uh, Depp was good for as long as he lasted. Uh, sorry, you should have seen it by now. <laughs> um, and then I watched Nobody. Uh, the new film with Bob Odenkirk. They they recently put it on HBO. Uh, again, if you like uh, if you like brainless entertainment and you want to see Christopher Lloyd wield two shotguns, that's your film. I thought it, uh, the back half of the movie I thought was actually pretty good. Uh, and then I watched First Blood, uh, the first Rambo yeah. film. Uh, good man, good good for for when it was made. I think it's I think it's rewatchable. I think it holds up. Um, honestly, yes. uh, young Stallone awesome. thought it was pretty good. Um, and then, uh, I started the Joe Montana, uh, doc series on Peacock. Uh, so far I'm thoroughly entertained. You know, I gotta get a little sports in there. You know, I got colliding. that's right. Um, pretty good so far. Pretty good. Joe Montana is an interesting guy. One of the coolest guys that, uh, you know, you'll probably ever see on a football field and probably wow. in person. Uh, I remember that story a couple years ago, Zach. I don't know if you remember that. He fought off a, a kidnapper. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Out of nowhere, Joe Montana fighting off kidnappers. <laughs> uh, so his legend only grows. And then um, we're going to save one for later. But myself and Zach, once the snow settled, we actually got to watch a film together. We did. We did. So we'll give our thoughts together on that one. We will for sure discuss that. Uh, mine. So, Bryce, I told you earlier today. I thought I watched 10 movies during the snow. And uh, let me see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I, I watched nine. It was close. I was close. close. Uh, so number one, me and Abigail watched the day after tomorrow. Uh, it fit, it fit the snowed in environment. It fit it. It fit it. Uh, it did. My second favorite Roland Emmerich movie behind the Patriots. <laughs> And it's probably not really well. What about ID four, man? Third, it's third. 
Oh, no, 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 no. So you say what you want about First, first ID4 is good. The first one is good. It is. It is. It's excellent. It's good Will Smith. I just prefer the Patriot. Great Will Smith. I just prefer the Patriot. Uh, Roland Emmerich, this will not be the last time he's mentioned on this pod, so don't. Uh, don't. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> don't don't worry about that. Uh, then I watched Memento for the 35th time. Uh, Abigail had never seen it. After we watched The Day After Tomorrow, she was like, she said, I want to watch a great movie. And I was like, well, that's fair since we just watched Mindless <laughs> Day After Tomorrow. So... We hit up HBO Max, and there was Memento. Fired it up. She likes a good murder mystery, and she got it. Uh, she followed it very well, and it was the, it was the, uh, probably the closest I've followed it in the many times I've seen it. Uh, I think I actually can explain it to somebody now. So I can't say enough about that movie. <laughs> It was Christopher Nolan's first worldwide release and an absolute banger. It was just uh, inducted into the Library of Congress, the film registry, not too long ago. So uh, what a banger to start your career with. Then we watched Catch Me If You Can. Uh, Awesome movie. One of the underrated Leo performances. Tom Hanks, excellent as well. Tom Hanks, excellent. The only movie Leo did was Steven Spielberg. Um, and a great Christopher Walken performance as well as oh yeah, I forgot about him. Frank Abagnale Senior, uh, great performance by Christopher Walken. Never a bad thing if Christopher Walken is in your movie. <laughs> then we watch the first two parts of the Caribbean movies. Uh, these are some of the funnest movies you will find. I mean, you can say what you want about them; they're just fun. Uh, especially the first three. When I was a kid, me and my cousin Drew were obsessed with these movies. Um, I mean, we were obsessed when we were like in elementary school. We were just Who obsessed with Pirates of the Caribbean. Jack Who Sparrow, uh, Will Turner. We were love. We were in love with those guys. Uh, the first three, honestly, it's a it's a solid trilogy. It has its flaws, definitely, but just a solid trilogy. Dead Man's Chest remains my favorite movie in the trilogy. I just love Davy Jones. I love the Flying Dutchman. And it has a great visuals ending. Visuals were awesome. We're awesome too. Visuals, visuals were, awesome. were awesome. These visuals, I mean, they're 16 years old and they hold up unbelievably. Davy Jones looks like a real person. Looks like it'd be real. Uh, some of the best CGI there's ever been. And this trilogy made Johnny Depp a box office king. I mean, before this, he was just known as, uh, and he was in these Tim Burton movies. Uh, these indie movies, and then it, this really made him like a, a box office king. So, uh, Johnny Depp, one of the great actors uh, of all time. Apocalypse Now, I watched this on 4K, Bryce. Yeah, yeah. This movie came out in 1979. I just want to stress this. This movie came out in 1979 to cap off Coppola's 70s, which is one of the great decades great runs. together by a director. Uh, this movie came out in 1979. It looked like it could have come out like last year. On 4K. Wow. It was awesome. It was a beautiful 4K film. Possibly the best war film ever. I mean, this was only my second time watching it, but I would I would listen to that argument. Best war film of all time. 
Uh, I watched the theatrical version. There's three versions of this. I still need to watch the Redux, which is on Netflix right now. Uh, mm-hmm. That's it's the extended version. It's basically what that is. And then the final cut, which Coppola says is his preferred version. It's basically like his Godfather Coda of the apocalypse. Well, I mean, now. Who, what director is going to say the final cut isn't the preferred version? Right. Ridley Scott <laughs> did this with Blade Runner. Blade Runner, the final cut. Well, you uh, see the final cut everywhere now. You see that everywhere. That's probably the most popular one to find. Uh, and then I watched Cry Macho. On eh. it sucked. It sucked. It was. It wasn't great. I didn't finish it, Price. Oh, okay. That, <laughs> I didn't finish it. That's fair. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. Look, look. You have had nothing left run. to prove. You had a good run. Okay. You have nothing. Maybe left just to be prove. a director. Maybe just be a director now. Just be a director, please. At this point in his life, he's playing the same character over and over. Yeah, yes, it's like, true. Just retire, Clint. You have nothing left to prove. Clint's last great performance was Gran Torino. Yeah, Gran Torino. Right. Yeah, Gran Torino, which is awesome. So, Clint, I'm sorry, but time to time to hang him up. And then finally, Platoon. Platoon, another another great war film. Perhaps Oliver Stone's best film. Oliver Stone made our director hall of fame here on cinema. And this was back when Charlie Sheen was an A-list movie star. Uh, <laughs> before Two and a Half Men. Before Anger uh, Management, whatever that show was. Before that, before uh, all the publicity issues. Things I don't need to go into. You know about Charlie Sheen. He, uh, he was awesome in this movie. And I was honestly surprised. I, I didn't know enough off the top of my head if he was nominated for an Oscar or not. He was not, but he was awesome. In this movie, uh, makes you wonder what could have been if he had stayed on the straight and narrow, but uh, Oliver Stone, one, one of the, probably the best war director that we have. Um, and two Sheens in war films that I watched. Martin Sheen. Yeah, yeah. Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now, and then Charlie Sheen in, in Platoon. So that's what I watched over the last week. And then me and Bryce watched Nightmare Alley, the newest uh, Guillermo del Toro flick. You can see it on HBO Max right now. Possibly the worst release date of all time for a movie. It came out on the same <laughs> exact yeah. day as Spider-Man yeah. No Way Home. Not great. And to no one's shock, it bombed like hell. It was not even close to recouping its budget. Uh, Bryce, what are your thoughts? What are your general thoughts on Nightmare Alley here? Well, um, incredibly long for for what what reasons, I, I still don't know. Uh, it's two and a half hours. It was a slow, slow burn. All for you to see the ending coming. Yeah. Yes. You're like, wow. Yes. I, I think there was a point where we took a break. I paused the movie and we were only halfway through. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, 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 A-list actors. I thought, I thought the acting was, was good. Um, I thought the plot was somewhat interesting, somewhat very slow and, and dragged yes. out. Uh, I tell you, I, I won't be watching it again. <laughs> I won't be watching it again. 
And that's fair. I mean, this was a two and a half hour movie. It felt like four. It felt like four hours. Oh when you my paused gosh. it, when you paused it and saw we saw there was an hour left. We were both like, Are you shitting me? <laughs> Are you shitting me? I thought this was almost done. Uh, folks, folks, that's not a good thing. No. That's not a good thing. Although I thought it was a pretty good say what you want about the movie. I thought it was a pretty good Bradley Cooper performance. I thought it was too. I enjoyed Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper was solid. Um that's what you can expect from him. I'm with you, Bryce. I'll probably never watch it again. Um would be shocked to see any Oscar nods for it. I really would. Um yeah, for real. Yeah, I agree. This is just really uh, a good Defoe performance. Really creepy Defoe. Solid Blanchett. Solid Rooney Mara. Great performances. Performances were not the problem. It was just the pacing and just a, a weird plot. A weird plot. It was not Del Toro what, trying to get his name in the ring again. It was not what either of us thought it was going to be. No, it, it was not. Um is it worth your time if you're thinking about it? And if you're a big fan of film, yes. If you like movies with a lot of movie stars, yes, I'd watch it. But we both are saying we will never watch it again. So take that for what you will. If you respect our opinions at all, take take that for what you will. And then my final thing that I watched, the Succession pilot. Yeah, baby. Yes. The pilot episode. Yes. A great pilot. Yes. A great pilot. Ended great. Uh, I'm going to try and watch episode two tonight. Don't play yourself. Don't play yourself. You're going to bed as soon as we're done. Stop Uh, it. Maybe. Maybe. Depends if this punch and vodka does me (laughs) in or not. But uh, for those listening who know me well, I'm a vodka Red Bull guy and I've switched it up. Switch it up. Taking Red Bull out of it and replace it with wine punch. So, oh, so relieved. <laughs> so relieved. So, if you're worried about my well being, uh, worry no more. Worry <laughs> slightly less. Uh, but yeah, Succession, great pilot. So, I'll be watching, I'll, conti- I'll be continuing that this week. And then some news, Bryce, before we get into the episode itself. Yeah. Some Star Wars news Obi Wan Kenobi. Premieres on Disney Plus this May. Zach can't contain himself. I can't contain myself. My pants are off right now. <laughs> I've taken them off, removed my pants. There's six episodes in the series. Uh, as we all know, McGregor and Christensen returning. You don't need me to tell you that. Be on the lookout for a trailer during the Super Bowl this Sunday. That's my prediction. I'm sticking to it. I hope we see it, Bryce. I, I see you're getting my hopes up. You're getting my hopes up for, for a trailer. I am excited. I'm just as excited as you are for this show. Um, it's sad that it's only six episodes, but I think it's going to be action packed. I think we're going to get a lot of characters. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, but do not get my hopes up. Zach, don't do that to me. Getting your hopes up, getting your hopes up. If I'm not mistaken, I think I might be mistaken, but I think the rogue one trailer Premiere during the Super Bowl. I think. That sounds right. 
If it wasn't the Super Bowl, right. it was probably some random Sunday night game. But it premiered during a football game. I know that for sure. So it wouldn't be unprecedented if it premiered during this game. Right. Uh, next bit of news, Moonfall. We said <laughs> Roland Emmerich was going to come up again, and here he is. His latest movie, Moonfall, sucks. Uh, Shocker. Shitting on it, both publicly on this pod and off the pod as much as I can. It has been universally shat on by critics and audiences alike. Currently a 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb. This brings me such joy because this movie fucking... This movie's trailer pissed me off. (laughs) It pissed me off so much. It's one of the most expensive independently produced films of all time. It had a budget of $146 million. If you are the schmuck who ponied up that much money for this, I hope you're listening and I hope you cry because your movie has made $10.5 million in its opening weekend. Folks, opening weekend is the time where you're supposed to make the most money. <laughs> That's that's supposed to be the biggest bang for your buck, and it made ten and a half million. Price, your parents <laughs> went and saw this quote unquote film. What did they think? Of? Uh, well, so originally they had asked, you know, if if myself and and Abby would would like to attend uh, to go see a movie, and uh, I asked, you know, what movie are you guys going to see? Knowing in my head that there was nothing out. <laughs> like worth seeing. And then the, the, the damning words came across my phone. <laughs> Moonfall. I was like, no, no, I didn't even, I didn't even ask Abigail. I didn't even ask Abigail. No, I just no. said, absolutely not. <laughs> and they were kind of like, Oh, well, wow. You know, they were, they were like, okay, well, you don't want to see a movie. You know what? What's, what's the deal? Like, I, like, why don't you want to see it? I'm like, cause it's, it's going to suck. I'm telling you, it's going to suck. You guys are going to go watch this. It's going to suck. So my mom, you know, she wants her, my dad, they, they want to link up for dinner after. And I, as soon as I pick up the phone after they call me, as soon as they get out, I'm like, it sucked, didn't it? And I just hear my dad <laughs> over the phone. It wasn't great. <laughs> what would like you give it, dad? What would you give it, Sean? I, t- I need to ask him. I need. I need to ask him. Like, like, is like. There's no way. There's no way this movie is worth watching. And, and it's the reviews are showing. I, I, I read. I read a review. It just cracks. Me. I still laugh at it. Catwoman, Ed Warren, and and Samwell, all in a movie. It's. <laughs> Guys, let me tell you, Catwoman sucks. Okay, it, you're watching The Conjuring for pure uh, horror, not not for the film plot. Although the first one could be argued that it's it's pretty good cinema. First one sucks. And then we're talking about a TV actor that was not a a quote unquote main character. I know he's a he's you know he's, he's well a known character. He's well known, but he's not the guy. He's not a Jon Snow. He's not listen. a Daenerys. He's is none of that. Listen. John Bradley is the actor's name. You need to fire your agent. Immediately. Okay. He got you Game of Thrones. You can live off Game of Thrones for the rest of your career. Don't throw it away on this shit, dude. <laughs> this is the classic mistake. Aaron Paul made this mistake. 
Aaron Paul yes. was in Need for Speed, and I don't think he's been in a movie ever since. Uh, he's been in some B movie. I think he was in an Apple. He's in an Apple TV Plus show. I have not watched. Oh, but uh, yeah, I go. think that was like the last thing he did. There you go. There you go. Fine, take the John Hamm route. John Hamm was in Mad Men, and, he, and he's been in some great movies. Hey, you know what? Yeah, he has, but he's been a supporting character. Yes, and that's fine. And he's and he's good. I'll tell you what he's good at. He's good at playing a cop or like a FBI agent. That's what he's great at. Yeah, he's very good. Very good at it. Very the town. Good. The town. Keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it, Gal Gadot was in there. It was in that movie. So I guess it can't be that bad. But John Hamm, fun fact, was in the running to play Batman before Ben Affleck was cast. Yeah, miss me on that, please. Really? Yeah, you can miss me on that. Okay. Okay. No. No, you yeah, you can absolutely miss me on that. Interesting. I think he'd be a good Bruce Wayne, but not a good Batman. It's fair. I mean, Affleck, I think, worked out. So Yeah, and there's a difference between being Batman and Bruce Wayne. There's a big difference. Big difference. In other news, uh Roger Deakins, perhaps the best, most famous cinematographer of all time, has been knighted in the United Kingdom. So props to him. Kind of dope, man. It's kind of dope. To be known as Sir. Sir Roger Deakins. Okay. You address me as Sir. (laughs) Sir Roger Deakins. Little little last duel. (laughs) Last duel foreshadowing. That's right. That's right. So that is awesome to see. And then uh, Oscar nominations are announced (laughs) tomorrow. Tomorrow will either be a very good day or a very shitty day. For yours truly, I'm guessing and, and it's going to be a shitty day. And let me let me just say, Zach. Zach will let y'all know next week. He'll let y'all know. Don't worry. I'll let you know tomorrow. I'll fuck. I'll I'll tweet my response. <laughs> Hell, I was very active myself. I'm always active on Twitter, retweeting shit. But myself tweeting shit. That's my when own you know. Brain. I was very active this past these past couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, let me tell you, let me tell you, Zach, Zach is, this is the day that he looks forward to, and then he gets his heart ripped out every year. And, and if, if you listen to the pod, if you know Zach, right, he has a, a very much strained relationship with the Academy. Okay, they're, they're not, not on, on the greatest terms. of terms. Yeah, we're they're not, not on the terms. greatest of terms. He still can't forgive him for, for the, uh, the screwing of Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl. Screwing of Rosamund Pike? The screwing of Black Klansmen, the screwing of Saving Private Ryan. I mean, I could go on. We're going back to 1998 now, folks. <laughs> the history with with uh, Mr. Griffith in the Academy uh, as his lawyer. We are still working out the details and the arbitration. So there you go, folks. Today, uh, I might not be on next week. I might not be on next week. I might be dead. I might be in the White River. There's a chance. So, and then finally, <laughs> the first category of the night, the Bryce Shaddy Memorial Please Miss Me Award. Bryson, what do you have? Yes, 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 yes. I watched the trailer for this today. I saw this on Twitter. I watched the trailer just to, just to confirm exactly what I thought as this Miss Me candidate for this week. Zach, Disney Plus has done it again. Oh, no. They have mindlessly rebooted or re- resurrected a franchise that needs to be left alone. Okay. I don't know where you're going with this, so. And this time, 
Gabrielle Union and Zach Braff are about to catch some strays. <laughs> Sorry, Dwayne. They are uh, they are starring in this film. Again, there is nothing wrong with the originals. It still holds up. I don't understand why we need to do this. But we have none other than Cheaper by the Dozen Reboot. Ah! There was nothing wrong with the Steve Martin and Helen Hunt one. There was nothing wrong with There's it. absolutely nothing wrong, and it still holds up. You have Tom Welling, you have Hillary Duff, you have a bunch of no names other than Zach Braff and Gabrielle Union. I don't know any of the. Right. I'm Ashton Kutcher. I I literally know none of these people uh, in this cast. I'm looking at it unless they're Disney star. I don't watch Disney Channel anymore, but uh, obviously because, you know, I'm 23 and don't need to do that anymore. Uh, I know no one in this cast. Look, you, you mess you mess with Home Alone. Now you're messing with Cheaper by the Dozen. Apparently, you're messing with Night at the Museum. You need to stop. You need to stop immediately. That's my myth. You can absolutely miss me on this reboot, please. I agree. Uh, there was nothing wrong with Cheaper by the Dozen. Um, it's it was a fine film. One of the films of our childhood. I think it's fair to say. Yes. Uh, it's rewatchable, I, man. I remember I remember when the second one came out. I don't remember when the first one came out. But I remember when the second one came the out. Second one was eh. The first one, that's that's what you very, remember. Though. Very rewatchable. Is that on Disney Plus? The first uh, one? I wanna say it was. Let me see here. I think it is, because the second one is. Let me see about the first one. Yeah, it is. It's five point nine out of ten. I thought it was better than that. Oh man, yeah, it's but that's the thing, Zach. As we grew up with it, we thought it was good. It is a remake. Right? The it first is a one remake. was a remake. It it is a re- but it was good. I thought it was well done. Okay, it's not it's not a cinematic experience. Okay, it's a fun family kid film, and I loved it. Yeah, that's how you and I know Steve Martin, one of the great comedians. Right, man. That and I mean, my mom, you know, she watched Father of the Bride pretty often when I was growing up. So, you know, I was in on that. It's a great one. Um, I know Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is a big one. I I have not seen that. I never saw the Pink Panther, man. Never saw it with Steve Martin. We've got the jerk. The jerk. My mom. Jerk. Yeah. The jerk. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you. Please miss me on that. Please. Uh, My please miss me. Um. I want you to stick with me here, Bryce, because it's going to start out. You're going to want to shit on me. Okay. When, when I get to the end, you're going to be like, oh, okay. All right. All right. Christopher Nolan's next film, Oppenheimer, comes out next year, 2023. I, can't, I, I don't know why you're starting out like this. Okay. It's a great cast. It's going to be a great movie. Christopher Nolan has yet to put out a bad movie. And I have no reason to believe he will. We have Cillian Murphy as Oppenheimer. Robert Downey Jr. Yes, finally. Finally a starring role in a movie. Robert Downey Jr. Matt Damon. Emily Blunt. Florence Pugh. Rami Malek. Benny Safdie. Josh Hartnett. Making a comeback, I guess. But this last one, I'm getting chills. 
This last one. You can absolutely miss me on. A man by the name of Dane DeHaan. Oh, no, no. Here you go. Here you go. You're going to get on your soapbox again. Dane you're going to get on your soapbox about Dane DeHaan. He is fine. Dane okay. DeHaan is a shitty actor. Oh, come he on. sucks. Come on. He was hands down. Come on. The reason... For the ending of the Garfield era. No, I, no, no, no. He was no, the worst no. part of the Amazing Spider-Man 2. His movie Valerian sucked. Okay, that did suck. His movie, for, his movie uh, A Cure for Wellness sucked. Chronicle, he was awful. Okay, that was bad too. He's an awful actor. He plays himself in every movie. Why is he in this movie? Why? Dehan, okay, but but what if what if Dahan ends up? What if Nolan gets the best out of Dahan? If he uh, gets, if he dies in a nuclear explosion, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. Um, is, is there a chance that you? Uh, dies. You're wrong. You're wrong for that. You're wrong for that. Well, let me ask you this, Zach: Is there a chance that Dane Dahan can get into your good graces with this film? No. Oh come on! You gotta do it. Come on. No. Dahan was fine. I thought he was fine. No. Valerian did absolutely suck. Um, <laughs> I couldn't even watch the whole thing. To be honest with you. I mean, it was just so bad. There was who was ass. Who was that? Cara Delevingne. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why she doesn't act anymore. <laughs> it was ass. Just, just FYI. Yeah. Cara she's a Delevingne, face, who but... also uh, dragged down Suicide Squad as well. Oh, it was so bad. Okay. That well, that whole movie was just dragged down. I, it wasn't. I don't think she you put that on one person, it. but no, she definitely didn't help it. Definitely didn't help it. But that's it. Just miss me on Dane DeHaan as a whole. Um, I think he sucks. And I, I, I'm bewildered as to why he's in this movie. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Then again, Harry Styles was in Dunkirk and I thought he did a great job. Yes. But I Harry think. Styles was also a singer turned actor. Dane DeHaan is an actor that sucks. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You can miss whatever, me man. This movie's going to be great in spite of Dane DeHaan. So absolutely. It is. Absolutely. <sighs> Zach, let's talk star Wars, man. Let's, let's talk, talk star, star Wars. Wars. I want to kick it off though. Do it, Bryce. I want to kick it off. So there has been an intense debate on Twitter today, Star Wars related. I don't know where you're going with this. You told me about this before the Zoom started. I don't know. <clears throat> so all I saw, all I kept seeing was the phrase Duel of the Fates trending on Twitter today. So, I mean, wh- what's the first thing that comes to your mind for Duel of the Fates? Maul versus Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Right. Right. But you also think the music, right? Yes. No, that's not what this debate is about. This debate, Zach, it's actually, it's actually really funny that you, am I going to get pissed? Um, no, we're going to have a good discussion. Okay. Okay. It's actually funny that you mentioned episode nine, the title, because I did mention that before the show, because I, before the show, the title didn't make any sense. Right. Well, this one might've made more sense. It was actually originally supposed to be titled duel of the fates. The debate today on Twitter among the Star Wars community is the script of Rise of Skywalker or the original draft 
of the third film in the Star Wars sequel trilogy that was supposed to be titled Duel of the Fates script better. Now, Zach, I don't know. I don't know if you've read what Colin Trevorrow's script was going to be like, what the plot was. I would I would challenge you to go read this. Okay. And, and I would be curious to hear your thoughts because it was the the script or the the it was leaked online in January of 2020, shortly after the release of Rise of Skywalker. I was got, just so shocked Chavoro got fired because I, he was connected to that movie for like five years. I agree. I agree. JJ Abrams and Chris Terrio took it over, and that's why we have Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Zach, if you have not read the script of Duel of the Fates, it has its flaws. I agree. And that's what people are crapping on it about uh, for people that, that argue against it. I would challenge you to go read just the plot. Just if you want to read the script, fine. It's got holes. It, it doesn't sound amazing, but you get the gist of it. Okay. I think you'd be blown away. Okay. So maybe we should, we should come back and debate this next week since you, since you're not, you haven't educated yourself on it yet. Uh, and I mean, maybe look at some of the concept art because I think we were robbed. We, I, prob- we probably were robbed because I'm, I'm just saying. Because, I mean, Trevorrow, for those who don't know, he was he's the director of Jurassic World. And then he was quickly connected to episode nine as a director and the writer, I guess. Um, yes. I have not read his script. But just based on what we got in the episode nine that we did in the beginning, I got to assume his version would have been better because Zach, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Like when you think, when, when you read it and, and like some of it, you're like, all right, you know, I could probably get on board with it. I just need to see it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the reason we had this, we, we could have been talking about this, this, trilogy differently potentially was palpatine in the script um he was he is connected he is not in fact i'll give you a little bit kylo ren finds a sith holocron in vader's castle on mustafar oh hell wait stop right there no right the holocron leads Ren to seek the training of a 7,000-year-old alien named Tor Valum. Later revealed to be Darth Plagueis. Oh, my God. Fucking hell. What are we... Th- oh. Here, I'll, I'll even give you this. Why did we scrap that? So, so let, me, let me go on, though. Why? So Darth Plagueis used his unique Dark Force powers to resurrect himself. During training, Kylo Ren fights a phantom of Vader. Torvalum also teaches Ren to absorb the life force, but he is killed by, by Ren using the technique, but not before congratulating Ren on his ruthlessness. So not only do we have a solidified Sith Lord, you could almost say Sith God with, with Ren's new powers, he kills his teacher in Sith fashion. This is unbelievable. I mean, what the hell are we doing? Um, t- dude, you got to read this plot. You got to read fire this plot. him. I'm serious. I don't know. I, I, I remember this. I remember this being a story. I just I refuse to read it 
because I was so upset with the ending. I was so upset with the ninth movie. Uh, a lot of people were upset. You know, you have your, you have your, your stands and you have your people that are going to crap on it. Totally get it. Totally with it. I understand. Yeah. You can make an argument for both. Uh, the Star Wars community is, is, you know, it's big, it's divided, all that good stuff. But I'm telling you this, this plot, I mean, they even have, they have uh, Hux killing himself using a purple bladed lightsaber from his collection. Why do we, oh my God. Oh my God. I don't even know why Trevorrow was fired. Dude, I'm, you got to read this. And so I, I, I get, I get the debate. I get the debate. Um, again, if you read the script, if you don't read the, if you read the script instead of reading the plot, yes, there's holes in the script and, and you're kind of lost and you're like, okay, that doesn't make sense. That's really bad dialogue. I totally get it. But that was the first draft. That wasn't even that wasn't even refined. That was that was strictly Colin and um, his counterpart Derek Connolly, right? If, if you get J.J. Abrams and Chris Terry, if you all work on it, you, you solidify the script. I think this could have been freaking awesome. Oh, and Zach Ray was wielding a double bladed lightsaber of the blue variety. You see, you see, Bryce. This is why. I don't consider the sequels canon because yeah, yeah, you fumbled the bag with Last Jedi. I don't hold any of the characters responsible for me not considering the sequels canon. It's all it's all the storytellers. It's all on them. Mostly Kennedy and JJ. But oh, and God. they uh, they returned to Coruscant. There's a revolution. Finn leads a revolution of citizens on Coruscant with Poe and Chewbacca. Oh, and Lando. Finn was definitely supposed to be a Jedi. I mean, you can't convince me otherwise. He was supposed to be a Jedi. It just wasn't working though. After the first movie, I was like, eh, just not a- digging it. <sighs> Whatever. Let's just let's move on before I drive into on. Read it. Traffic. Read it and come back and and let's talk next week. Okay, I'll read it. All right, Bryce. So as we said, this tops last week's episode, last week's episode, which uh, neither of us anticipated. We have some discussion points here I want to get into before we talk about the actual plot. Mm. Uh, some of the best CGI work on a single character that we've ever seen with Luke Skywalker. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was Mark Hamill. That was Mark Hamill from the seventies and eighties. It absolutely was. I mean, this looked like they ripped him from return of the Jedi and they didn't miss a beat. I have it up there, Bryce with, with Thanos and, and, and Davy Jones, that level of CGI character. Well, we see, we see where the budget went. Absolutely. Oh God. <laughs> That's the zero win. I mean, not that he looked ass in the Mando finale, but he looked at I mean it's, it's a, a little cry. off. It's a little off. It's a far cry from what he looked like here. I mean, this looked like Mark Hamill from nineteen eighty three. Uh another point here. Three eras of Star Wars in one episode. We have Ahsoka and Cad Bane. Who cover the Clone Wars and the prequels? Oh uh, yes, yes. We yes. have 
Boba and Luke who cover the original trilogy in the Empire versus Rebellion stage. We have Mando and Grogu cover the New Republic stage. And then we have R2 who encompasses the whole saga. So, I mean, it's just every era of Star Wars you could possibly want is in this. Besides, like, the old, old Republic. It's in this episode. Yeah, just be thankful. Just be thankful. Just revel in it. Uh, Please. Boba Fett himself, Bryce. Total (laughs) screen time these past two episodes? Two minutes. I don't care. Two minutes. I don't care either. I don't care. I mean, last week I kind of cared. This week I don't. Because I think the finale will be so good that it won't matter, Bryce. Yes. Yeah. And it's just crazy how far they're using... They're using another another character's show to advance <laughs> another show's timeline and plot. It's just, it feels savage. like stealing. It feels kind like stealing. <laughs> kind of savage move. Well, friend. well, we know we know this about you, but well, uh, get out of the way, please. It's please. not. Bryce, a question for you: Will you go back and watch the Clone Wars? Or Mando, or both. After this show is over, um, I don't know, man. Like, there's so much content out there that I want to get to. I don't know if it's high on the priority list. Uh, you know, if I just want to, you know, mindlessly start a show again, um, that would probably be on the list. But uh, I mean, it's not. It's definitely not at the top of my priority list right now. That's fair. That's fair. I'm at least gonna watch Mando again, especially before season three comes out. Uh, I'm guessing towards the latter half of this year. But uh, Clone Wars, maybe select episodes. Maybe I'll watch the last season again. Um, Probably not the whole thing, though. And I still need to watch The Bad Batch. I will definitely be doing that. Um, And Bryce, here's a question. I wonder what George Lucas thinks of Star Wars TV since the launch of Disney+. Plus. Because the reason I say that is Cad Bane was a George Lucas creation. Him and Dave Filoni co-created Cad yep. Bane. Yep. Um, he was on the set of Mando. I don't know how much say he had in the plot and stuff, but he was at least on the set. Um, the movie, the sequels could have benefited from that for sure. Um, I just wonder what he thinks because since Stan Lee died, I feel like George Lucas is like the guy now. Right. No, so I, I just totally wonder what agree. he thinks of his child, if you will. Well, I mean, I listen, um, if there was ever an apology to the, like just hypothetically speaking, like if there was ever like an apology to star Wars fans, like that single episode would almost be it. Yeah. Right. Oh, by the way, here here's Luke Skywalker. He looks like Mark Hamill now. Oh, here's R2-D2 to make you feel good. Oh, by the way, we're going to put Grogu in a little backpack um, and Luke's going to jump around with him just like Empire Strikes Back. Like, I mean, that's it, right? And then you bring, and then you're clashing, you're clashing worlds, right? You're bringing animated, an animated character that we've never seen live action before. Two of them, in fact. Two of them. Two of them we bring on screen um, I mean, it almost brings a tear to your eye, honestly, because 
when you watch Star Wars, like if you were a kid and you watched Star Wars, this episode is very special, right? It's character overload. You're seeing the cream of the crop characters. You're seeing the main storyline, right? And it's just, it's just freaking beautiful, man. It's freaking awesome. And I mean, seriously, it almost brings it to your, I, I couldn't believe, I, I think I texted you like three times in a row. You did. I don't even think you were awake. Caleb Lynn texts. Um, yeah, I, I didn't care <laughs> because this was something that you had to see. And I was worried that you were going to put it off. And oh. I, I tried to get my urgency across over text. I hopefully I achieved that. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just something be, any, any star, even if you're a casual star Wars fan, you would have reveled in this. What I agree. I agree. Even if you were casual, uh, I had a tweet myself, whenever I myself tweet, you know, I'm passionate about it. And I yes. tweeted, uh, this is the best era of star Wars since the release of revenge of the Sith. And I stand by that because yes. in the past two years, we've had the final season of clone wars, which was a banger. We've had Mando season two, which both, both seasons, honestly, both seasons, honestly, the whole show is a banger. We've had this show, which got off late, to a slow start. We're got fine. Off to a slow we're start, fine. but we're fine. We're fine. Lately is a fucking, <laughs> we're fine. Masterpiece. And we had the bad batch, which by all, all accounts is awesome. So, I stand by what I said. It's the best era of Star Wars since the release of Episode Three. That's fair. Um, let's get into the plot itself, Bryce. It starts off with the return of Cobb Vance. Yes, Timothy Oliphant. Yes. One of our questions is answered, Bryce. Would Cobb Vance returned, and he is indeed back. He is back, baby, and he's still quick draw McGraw, baby. He's still quick draw McGraw. He's now the marshal of what's now known as Freetown. Was hey, I, I wasn't digging that. It's all right. It was hokey, man. I prefer what it was formerly known as. I agree. Moss Pelgo. Um, Cobb Vanth has a run in with a couple of spice runners who happen to be pikes. Uh, he shoots two of them and lets the third one go to spread the word. Uh, and it worked, as we find out at the end of <laughs> the episode. He, yes. did, he did spread the word to the right people. And uh, it was dealt with in a smooth fashion. Mando goes to visit his boy Grogu. Uh, he encounters R2-D2 and Ahsoka Tano on an unknown planet. I tried to find the name of the planet. Couldn't find it. Um, so it's an unknown planet. And Bryce, we get our first look at the new Jedi Temple, which yes, uh, technically the not robot ants were building. Yes, the the robot droids were, uh, the droid ants were building. Technically, not our first look. We got a look in the Last Jedi, I guess. So this is the, I, Zach. I know what fire. you say. I know what you say. I know you say the you know seven through nine are not canon, but they are roping them in. You have to accept it. You're really gonna. I probably shouldn't told you about Duel of the Fates because you're really gonna hate it. Now, like, I mean, you're just. I mean, anything Jedi related, especially Jedi Temple stuff, I'm in. And the fact that Luke Skywalker himself is building it, 
I I'm invested. And I like seeing the new Jedi Temple being constructed. It, it looks like a less foggy, less wet Dagobah is what it looks like. Yeah, it looks happy. It looks <laughs> it looks happy. Dagobah was like a swamp planet. I'll tell you what. I tell you, we're, we're doing we're doing a top five again, and we're doing top five planets. And I, I'll tell you what's not making my list: Dagobah. Dagobah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not making my list either. Dagobah. Give me Genosis over Dagobah. <laughs> Dagobah. Yeah, it's not making my list. Uh, sorry, Yoda. It's just, it's just not. Uh, the death, the death of Yoda was on Dagobah. So that's probably it's the training of Luke and the death of Yoda. Dagobah's rip. Uh, shining moments. So. We get the construction of the Jedi Temple. Ahsoka warns Mando that his presence will hinder Grogu's training, which she was right. We kind of see some seeds of that. Uh, Grogu can sense Mando's presence, especially when he takes off in the Naboo Starfighter. Uh, Mando leaves the gift uh, that the armorer gave him, the Beskar tunic. Uh, Ahsoka then gives it to Grogu. Um, and then one of the best sequences of probably the best sequence of the episode, Luke begins to train Grogu and the Jedi arts. Luke is now a Jedi master. Uh, he's considered the most powerful being in the galaxy. To my knowledge, besides him and Ahsoka, they're the only Jedi left in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a little side note here. And the Thrawn trilogy of books by Timothy Zahn. I'm going really deep here. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. But Thrawn is an awesome character that they made canon in Rebels. So if you haven't seen Rebels yet, Thrawn appears in Rebels. But in the Thrawn trilogy of books, Luke is the consensus most powerful being in the galaxy. Uh, And those books took place around the same time as this show. So it's matching up. It makes me wonder if Thrawn himself will show up in this show. We shall see. Uh, Grogu is revealed to be the first student at the new Jedi Temple. Um, I think we all knew he was a student. I didn't. I don't think we knew he was the first student when Luke came and got him from Mando. Uh, Grogu learns some Force capabilities. The Force jump being the most notable is awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, and then he also uh, uses the the training device that Luke used in Episode Four with Obi Wan used it on on the Millennium Falcon. He absolutely abused it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> after after he took an L, he took an L at the first one. Which I mean, do you find just like anything like that little body does? It's just adorable, man. Him I mean, flying that's... after getting shot it's it's the most adorable thing. I felt bad for him. I felt like when he got hit. Oh uh, like, yeah, oh. yeah. I, oh. I if you want some comedy, like my the funniest part of the show for me was when Luke kept like force pushing him forward to walk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just he just Yeah. I mean, have we seen Grogu walk? He was kind of walking. Yeah, he's kind of walking in that episode. But have we seen him walk before that? I don't think so. No, we haven't. We haven't. And like carried around in a bag. By Mando. What a life. 
Yeah, what a life. What a life. Uh, a great quote by Luke. I want to say it before I forget. Luke said, like, a few years for you, Grogu, is a lifetime for somebody else. And that is, I mean, that's evident. I mean, Yoda is the same species. Yoda lived to be 900 years old. So, so there you go. Uh, Grogu is like 50, I think, at this point. And he, lo- he looks like a kid. Yeah, he looks like an infant. So that's just how slowly the species ages. So that was a great quote from Luke, I thought. Um, Grogu on Luke's back. Bryce brought it up earlier. A great callback to Empire Strikes Back. A great callback. <laughs> if you weren't having, if you weren't having nostalgic feelings it was awesome. at that very moment like just stop watching please it, it was awesome and, and bryce this whole s- sequence really with luke and grogu is just a joy to watch well yeah i gave you hope again it kind of gets you out of the, the 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 dirty business of the star wars universe for a little bit and gives you what we all what we all see what we've seen in the movies and what we know so yeah absolutely it was just a joy to watch. Brought you back to Dagobah. Uh, brought you back to Mando. Like I said, like we said before, uh, you get three eras of Star Wars crossing over in one episode, and it's just it's a joy to watch. And and then Luke helps Grogu remember his home, which I thought was probably the most intriguing part of the whole episode, mm-hmm. besides the Cad Bane uh, entrance. Uh, it's revealed that uh, Grogu was at the prequel trilogy's Jedi Temple, the OG Jedi Temple that was on Coruscant. Uh, he saw the destruction of Order 66 at the temple by Darth Vader and, and the clones. Uh, so he saw that. So we know that he was at the Jedi Temple. I hope we get more of that. Yeah, how do you get out of there? Like what? What were they planning to do? How do you get out of there? Like, what are we doing here? Who helped him out of there? Because you know, as far as we know, all the Jedi were killed except Obi Wan and Ahsoka and Yoda. All the Jedi were killed. So, I I wonder who got him out of there. Um, If it wasn't Ahsoka, I I have no idea. I have no idea who it was because we know it wasn't Yoda. We know it wasn't Yoda, and we know it wasn't Obi Wan. So if it wasn't Ahsoka, there's another Jedi that survived that we don't know about, quite frankly. So uh, so that was a great flashback. Like I said, probably the most intriguing part of the episode, uh, for me at least. Um, and then Mando meets with Boba and Cobb Vanth. Boba, the only time we see him in his own show, this episode, he's concerned with the shortage of manpower, which is fair. Uh, he only has Very like fair. 10 guys total. Um, so that's a fair concern by Boba. Mando tries to enlist Vant and his people. Cobb Vant says he'll talk to his people. Uh, well, he uh, he didn't just talk to him. He just demanded that they round up the folks that can fight. Yeah, and I think he. we can assume they will help in this fight. They owe Mando. They owe him. Absolutely. Especially if you remember what happened in the Mandalorian, they they owe him. And then we get Cad Bane, Bryce. Cad Bane strolls up onto the scene. Did you know it was him from the shot? Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you just tell by the hat. 
That was it, man. What a you fucking knew. shot, dude. What a fucking shot. I knew it was him. I knew it was him, but I was like, no. No, I can't be. Can't be. But then it's like, who else would wear that? Who else wears that outfit in the Star Wars universe? No one. No one. And I, I mean, literally, I mean, you're, you, you texted me and you said out of left field. <laughs> and and let me tell you my brother my brother did the exact same thing because i texted him i said i and i don't usually text him to like watch episodes i'm like do you need to watch this because you're gonna yeah. love it and he's like cad bane out of nowhere i'm like yeah yeah yes literally I, that wasn't even on our radar no like that like we we were we were you were talking some crazy like theory stuff that I mean, wasn't even thought- we thought Luke and Ahsoka might show up. Cad Bane wasn't even a thought. Nowhere. Nowhere. Cad Bane wasn't even an iota of a thought. For some reason, I thought he was dead. I thought, for some reason in my mind, he died in Clone Wars or something. But clearly, no, he didn't. What a pull. What a pull for Filoni, man. What a pull. What a flex by Filoni. Uh, if you haven't seen Clone Wars, um, I feel like you're probably about to. You're probably about to go watch it because, oh my god! Uh, I mean, I remember when Cad Bane just in the commercials when he was when they were rolling out that character in Clone Wars, like that was yeah. a big freaking deal. Cad Bane was one of the main. He's one of the major characters of that show. Right. And, I mean, him and Boba. Well, let's talk a little bit about Boba, right? Yeah, the connection with Boba. Boba was in was in prison, right? Yes. And right. and Cad Bane, they became friends. They helped him. And this we're talking about a young Boba Fett here. Yes. Yes. I mean, for so, those. I who mean, don't there's know, a connection there. There's a major connection. For those who don't so, know, I mean, Cad Bane was one of the most important Clone Wars characters, one of the main antagonists. Uh, and I'm glad you brought up Boba Bryce because he carried out missions with Boba. They met in prison. So what happened? Uh, he kind of took him under his wing. So yeah, what what was the falling out? What's well, I mean, is is be? it right? Is it just money? Is it just business? Or is there some bad blood? I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I can't wait to see the the dynamic between them. You know, they're gonna cross paths. This doesn't strike me as just a cameo. No, they're they're gonna stri- they're gonna cross paths. If he if he's a if he's a constant on in the star Wars universe from here on out until, you know, they kill him or whatever. I'm for it. I'm absolutely for it. That is fine with me. Uh, a little bit more on Cad Bane. Um, the voice actor from the clone Wars, Corey Burton reprised his role, which I love. I love that. He reprised his role voicing Cad Bane in this episode. I uh, said earlier, he was co-created by George Lucas and, and Dave Filoni for the show for the Clone Wars. Uh, after the death of Jango Fett, Jango Fett was considered the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. So after he died in the Battle of Geonosis, Cad Bane took up the mantle as the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. Uh, and like I said, I thought he was dead for some reason. Uh, clearly, <laughs> clearly not. Clearly not. <laughs> clearly not. He also shows up in the Bad Batch from my research. Again, I haven't seen the Bad Batch yet, but 
he shows up in that as well. So Cad Bane um, orders on behalf of the Pikes. He's working for the Pikes. He orders the town to remain neutral during the upcoming war with Boba Fett. Uh, he ends up shooting one of Cobb Vance guys, killing him and wounding Vance pretty severely. Bryce, here's the thing you can miss me on. I know where you're going with this. I didn't even read that. I, I did. I don't know. I didn't read that far, but I know where you're going with it. You can miss me on fans on Twitter. Yes. Complaining about Cad Bane's appearance. Yes. In this episode. He's yes. supposed to be darker blue. Shut up. Shut He's up suppo- and revel. His nose is supposed to be higher. Fuck you. No, no, no. Shut up and you revel. You revel in this greatness that you're seeing from Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau. You revel fuck, in it. Fuck you. Don't act like you weren't rock hard when Cad Bane was walking up to the camera. In Not the only that. Desert. Not only that, but you get Cad Bane in action. You don't just get Cad Bane just chilling, right? Just standing there, you know, just looking all hard. You know what I mean? Like you get, you get, you get gun fights, man. You get gun and action. Action. The guys are just the beat. And you're telling me you're not foaming at the mouth for next Wednesday. It has I know been, I am. I'm trying to think in the Canon timeline. Oh God, I'm foaming. Jesus. I'm trying to think in the Canon timeline. So episode three to episode four is 30 years or no, it's not. It's, it's 19 years. So this man is one age bad in 19 years. He did. He did. This man (laughs) is at least what, what is he? He's at least 20 to 25 years older than he was in the Clone Wars. So. Yeah, but do I mean, do we know what what his kind are like, though? You know, the life we don't of his kind. We so, don't. I mean, you could vary it. This was in a way. This is almost safe. I mean, he looked the same little right? lighter I mean, blue, which might have been on purpose. Right. Maybe. Yeah, it could be. It absolutely could be. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. How, suck on that Star Wars universe. How about that? Maybe suck on that part community. of the aging process. Yeah. Suck it. The, suck it. For the species. How about that? No, I mean, seriously, I mean, it's easily explained, right? Because we don't know a lot about his kind. I mean, maybe there is, maybe we do know, but if we don't know, this is e- very easily explained away. Like, th- yeah, thing. it's fine. I'm putting him in here and you're going to like it. I mean, people are just so quick to shit on this. I mean, and I get why can't it. Like, you being, just... I mean, the, one of the best shit posts I saw was uh, they were like Cad Bane adjusted and they like darkened his skin yeah, that's, that's a little more blue and then silly. like Shut moved up. his nose. And then somebody quote tweeted it and was like, Count Dooku adjusted. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was the Clone Wars Count Dooku with like the, yes, the pencil face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's my thing, right? It's like, I get it. Like, we've been betrayed. Like, Star Wars fans have been betrayed, right? Okay, I, I totally get it. But they're doing their best here. They're doing their this best. Is... Like, it's, again, we're in the greatest place that we've been since Revenge of the Sith. I, like you I, said, a 9.7. I agree with it. Right, I agree. I mean, there's that. Just accept it. Just, just revel in this, man. This is going to be freaking awesome, man. The battle, at, I'm telling you, Okay. If they did it right, if they did it right, 
I don't know. I this this may this may be pretty strong to say. Okay, okay. let's hear it. If Bryce. they did this right, we could be talking. If the the episode should be called the Battle of Tatooine, an all out war, big time characters. If you did it right, I don't foresee this happening. But it could be like Battle of the Bastards X. Oh wow. That's probably really that's probably really far fetched to say. I like if you I did like it the right. take. I like the take. I like the take. I like the take a lot. I see where you're going with it because Just there is a epic. battle coming. If the whole episode was a battle, like the Battle of the Bastards. Yes. Yes. I see where you're going with it. I respect your guts, Bryce Shaddy, for going that far. But I, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's pretty far. I don't know if there's, you know, room in the budget. For I that. see where you're going with that. But I mean, I like it could it. be, I don't know, man. I just, I ah, see, it, it makes me nervous too, because I want them to do this right. I want to do it right. If, if you're going to put all these characters in here, you're going to get us all hyped. You're going to get us buzzing. Well, I feel like taking Filoni, over Twitter. Yeah, I feel like Filoni is going to be the one directing the finale. I feel like it just has to be. To end this I think episode, it's all hands on deck, man. To just end this episode on the highest note possible, going into Obi-Wan in May, and then going into Mando season three well, later in the year. Well, Zach, I have a high a, note. I have a question then for you. Yes. Is this the most pivotal Star Wars television episode in Star Wars television history? Probably. Is this the most important? Probably. It probably is. I can't think of a more important one. Um, I mean, the ending of the Clone Wars is always going to be important because it led into episode... Right or not? I mean, the last season, part of it took place during episode three. During episode three, right? And so and, that was always going to be important. The finale of Mando season two was always important, but yes, I mean the the magnitude of bringing Cad Bane into this and bringing Mando into Boba's show and spotlighting the Jedi as much as you did in this episode, I. I'm inclined to agree with that. Well, and think about this. We haven't even covered this, the the last part of the episode yet. No, no, no I haven't even done that. So no, let's, I, mean, I mean, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's freaking do it, dude. We got it's pivotal. Luke offers Grogu a choice. He can either accept Yoda's lightsaber, Yoda's lightsaber, which we saw. We have seen it. It is in the house. Yoda's lightsaber. and Green in all its glory. Green in all its glory. And he can continue his Jedi training. Or he can take Mando's gift, the Beskar tunic, and stop the training where it is. Bryce, what do you anticipate Grogu's choice being? Okay, I'm going to do it for the sake of this pod. But I'm going to preface it with this. I don't want to anticipate it for a couple of reasons. One, I just like, I like good, I like shows that, you know, pose choices that matter and then leave you on a cliffhanger. I enjoy that. 
And secondly, this is selfish reasons. I want to feel like a kid watching Star Wars again. Like, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what's about to happen. And I just want to, I just want to let it happen. And whatever happens, happens. It, it makes me feel, it makes me feel like I'm, I'm watching Star Wars for the first time again. Something like this. Like, oh, oh. Yes. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? And, and honestly, I don't know what he's going to do. Me I really don't. I, I, I really no don't. Idea. Like, like usually, I mean, for the sake of, you know, sometimes you get a flow of television, like, all right, this is going to happen. I am, I am inclined to lean. He's going to take the lightsaber. Um, yeah. Because I'm very curious because obviously we're heading towards roping in the Kylo Ren situation as a child. Right. Right. Um, I'm very curious to see that. I, I kind of wanted- Ren make an appearance in the finale. I don't think well, he's think born I, yet. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. But I think we have to pose that question. I mean, here's my thing, right? Is if you're going to try to, if you're going to try to justify the latest trilogy that we got, this is probably your only option to do that. And if they can somehow rope this in and make this all feel better, I'm for it. So I'm kind of hoping he leans lightsaber. Me too. That's just selfish, though. Just because it would be awesome to see somebody of that species wield that lightsaber again. Well, dude, it's that would that's going to be our kids' Yoda. Yeah, right, right. I mean, our kids are going to say, "Who's Yoda?" And then that's going to be our job. You're like, but they're going to be like, "No, that's that's that's, that's Grogu." That's Grogu. No, that's Grogu. No, 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 son, no, son, no, no. 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 No, 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 no. Sit down, son. Sit down. Please. Let me pull up my VHS tapes. (laughs) (laughs) Let me show you this. Let me show you this. Uh, I'm with you, Bryce. I have no idea what's going to happen. If I was a betting man, which I am, not for a while. I haven't been on draft. Are there betting odds for this? There's got to be betting odds. There's got to be betting odds. I'm going to look for this. Probably in most Eisley, there's betting odds. I mean, I haven't been on DraftKings in a while. I haven't placed a bet on DraftKings in a while. I've been abstaining, but I might take the money line Bengals and the Super Bowl. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about it. If this was an option on DraftKings, I would lean towards the lightsaber just because I don't, he's made so much progress in his training in just one episode in just a short time. Kind of like Luke himself. Luke made a lot of progress in a short time with Yoda. Mm. Luke, a good teacher, by the way. Oh, excellent. excellent. Uh, also, I forgot to mention uh, what Ahsoka said earlier in the episode. You're so much like your father. That was awesome. Uh, yes. That was awesome. Uh, uh, yes. I'm going to say he takes the lightsaber. I don't see him joining this war. And I think the Mandalorian needs to go on in season three without the Grogu. I don't want to call it a crutch, but it kind of is. It needs to, it needs to go on. I need to see what that show looks like without Grogu. I, I agree. That looks like. I agree with you. So I'm going to say he grabs Yoda's lightsaber. So this was the best episode by far. Hopefully it gets surpassed next week. In the finale with episode seven, give it to me. Uh, now, maybe uh, even another character 
uh, shows up. Who knows? Fine with that. I'm fine with that too. Uh, Bryce, our Star Wars top five this week. You foreshadowed it earlier. A top five favorite Star Wars planets. And I'll yes. off to you first with number five. Number five, Tatooine. I mean, it's a classic. It's it, it's classic. Um, I I almost kind of think it's it's a little cliche at times because so much happens on Tatooine. I mean, we're currently in a Tatooine timeline uh, with with the uh, book of Boba Fett here. So uh, number five, give me Tatooine, man. Just seems a lot a lot going on that we don't see. Uh, yeah, you can say it's hot, it's desert, it's all that good stuff. But hey, man, I, I like the uh, I like the architecture uh, that we find on the planet. Um, yeah, diverse, diverse planet. I love it. My number five is also Tatooine. Nice, <laughs> nice. It's just I had to have it in there. Just yeah, yeah. Like, it, again, it's the, essential, it's, it's the essential Star Wars planet. It's the OG, uh, the twin suns, as we all know. Um, yes. Famous beautiful shot. sight at night. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. The famous shot from the original Star Wars movie with Luke looking out at the twin sons. The birthplace of the Skywalkers. Uh, the birthplace of Anakin. The uh, home world of, of Luke. So we got that. And then, Bryce, you're talking about the architecture. Jabba's Palace. Just a cool place. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just a cool looking place. So number five is Tatooine. What's your number four, Bryce? Camino. Ah! Also. Camino. And it's in my honorable mentions, Camino. Yeah, I like Camino. Um, I know it's rainy. Um, That's fine. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a nice safe place. Um, you know, where you really don't have to fear water that much. Nobody's going to fuck uh, with Camino. Yeah. A lot, a lot of clone stuff going on there. A lot of clone stuff. Um, interesting species inherit that or, uh, inhabit that planet. Mm-hmm. I like it though. I like it though. It seems kind of peaceful. I like it. Uh, great spotlight for them. In episode two. Great. Yes. Really great. Also, the Lego Star Wars games. I always like those, that level. Yeah, I, I, and I tell you what, it was a fun planet to play on in Battlefront. It was. It absolutely I lo- was. I, I, I like playing that one. Me too. Me too. So, Camino didn't make my top five, but I'm going to give it a shout out. Great pick. My number four is Coruscant. Coruscant. Wow, wow. Uh, the main planet, you could say, the main planet of the prequel trilogy. Um, it's the main setting of episode three. Uh, just a cool planet. I mean, it's the whole planet is literally a city. And the opening of episode three is the Battle of Coruscant. Um, an awesome sequence. An awesome sequence in 4K. I just bought that movie in 4K probably a month ago. Awesome. An awesome sequence to watch in 4K resolution. So. Coruscant's my number four. Give me a number three. Number three is Hoth. Ah! Okay, so like you might say, okay, this is a little low. Okay, yes, I agree with you, but hear me out. Okay? Uh, snow. Snow. That's my... And Wampus. That's my... Yes. That's my, my self for you. Alright, yes. Uh, and I think Hoth is cool. Hoth is a classic classic uh, uh planet in the star wars universe uh holds a special place in my heart i like hoth but i gotta go with that at number three yep uh hoth is a great one my number three is mustafar ah, too hot man 
Can't rock far. with it. Uh, I don't need to say anymore about Mustafar. It has the. If you listen to our episode last week, both of us had our top, our number one lightsaber duel, Anakin versus Obi Wan took place on Mustafar. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my number three is Mustafar. Bryce, your number two. Oh, I'm gonna shock the world with this one. Uh oh. Kashik. Kashik, I love it. Yes, dude, I love Kashik. I I thought that was an awesome setting in Episode Three. Yeah. Uh, for for one of the battles, uh, the the Wookiee homeland. Chewbacca. Um, I kind of like the setting, man. Honestly, like it was uh, the way they had things built. It was kind of giving me Planet of the Apes vibes. A little yes. bit with yeah. kind, with kind of the way they they built their system. Um, I really like it. I like that planet. That'd be a place that I would kind of like visit. It's almost kind of like a beachfront resort. Yeah, it is. I kind of like it. I would almost vacation there. Another good Lego Star Wars level. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love it. I absolutely love it. Yoda survives Order 66 on Kashyyyk. Yes. Um, Predictably survives Order 66. Still awesome. I like that. I like that poll. That's nice. My number two is Geonosis. Interesting. Are you going purely off off two? Yes. Purely. That's fair. (laughs) That it almost it almost made an honorable mention for me. Um you have the arena battle that Bryce hinted at. Um the death of Django Fett. You have uh the onset of the Clone Wars. The first battle of the Clone Wars takes place on Geonosis. Dooku versus Anakin and Obi-Wan, and then Dooku versus uh Yoda. So kind of a Tatooine Jr. Similar desert setting. Uh I like the Geonosians species. They're kind of cool. Uh, great battlefront setting. Oh, absolutely. Lego Star Wars setting. So um Genos is one of my one of my favorites. Bryce, you're number one. I have no idea what it's gonna be. Well, I, I actually went with Coruscant. That's my nice. number one. Nice. Uh, I mean, it's it's an obvious choice, but I think it's I think it's a cool planet. Uh, for me, you know, uh, the obviously the Jedi Temple is there. Um, I believe yep. the library is there as well. Yep. Uh, a lot a lot of stuff held there, right? Coruscant is such a focal point of the Star Wars universe. I'm actually shocked you didn't have it higher, honestly. Um, and when you read the Duel of the Fates uh, plot that I sent you via your Twitter DMs, I just will FYI, watch. I will read. Um, it. It's brought back. It's brought back. Oh um, it's used in multiple ways. Why do they suck? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Colin, I know we crap on you or yeah, we, we crap on you for fallen kingdom. Okay. I'm going to continue. You deserve, so you deserve it. Your star Wars script is awesome. So there's that, but Coruscant, my number one. Nice. I respect it. I probably should have had Coruscant above Mustafar at least. Um, but my number one is Hoth. Hoth. <laughs> Uh, a great Battlefront 2 setting. Yes. In both Battlefront 2s, the yes. OG and the new one. Uh, whenever I play the new one, anytime I play online, uh, for, I always forget what the, the the big battle online is, but I always I always pick Hoth. Um, I always forget the name of the big battle mode, whatever you call it, but uh, that's always the plan I pick. I love the snow. I love the Wampa. I love the Tauntaun. Uh, the Battle of Hoth and Empire Strikes Back, 
awesome. The first awesome. time we ever see uh, ATATs. Yes. Um, it's just amazing. Uh, I, I just love Hoth. I love Hoth. The the VHS cover for Empire Strikes Back, which is my introduction to Star Wars. Same as a whole was the the, the v, My dad had the original trilogy on VHS, and the VHS cover for. Empire Strikes Back was a stormtrooper's head, and it had the Battle of Hoth uh, with an ATAT and and Luke yes, Luke Skywalker, and it was oh my god, it was yeah, it's awesome. So that's Hoth is my favorite. It's always been my favorite. Uh, Luke almost died on Hoth. Han yes. saved his ass. Um, just the opening scene of Empire where they send that probe droid down. And it lands in the snow, and then it comes up. It's just a creepy looking droid. Uh, it is holds up, holds up great. Ah oh, man, it's awesome. Nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty, and it holds up so well. Amazing. So, another. I mean, all the Star Wars movies are great in four K, but especially the the OG trilogy. Those are those are great to watch. All right, Bryce. Another great episode in the books. Let's run through some running hook plugs. Shady sanity last week, Bryce. Yes, yes. I took over the host chair. I had Zach Griffith and uh, the small market king, Devin Voss, join me uh, breaking down the championship games. And uh, we are now uh, one week, less than one week away from the Super Bowl. Um, so our uh, we will not have Lynn Sanity or Shaddy Sanity for that matter this week. Uh, we will be back to break down the Super Bowl next week, though. Um, so uh, stay tuned for that. Awesome. Awesome. That was a great pod. Uh, we talked. Yeah, we had a good time. Great time. Yeah, we Small talked the title games. games. Yeah, great pod with Devin. Uh, talked the title games. We talked the Brian Flores situation. Um, that was a great pod to be a part of. Power Hour put two episodes out in the past week or so. First episode, they talked about the Hornets, the Bucks, and the Raptors. And then the second episode, they talked about the Mavericks, the Nuggets, yeah, with, and the uh, Cavs. With new co-host J.D. Hall. New co host JD Hall. Let's give a shout out to Dylan Hughes for all that he's done for the network. Uh, he's still going to be a guest occasionally. He'll be back. He'll be back. His time as a co host is on a hiatus for now. want to wish him luck in his, uh, his newest endeavor. Uh, so take a listen to Power Hour if you're wondering what that is. And then on cinema here, uh, me and Bryce, Boba Episode 7. The finale next week, we'll be reviewing that in all its glory. And then uh, The Last Duel. Me and Bryce going to be talking about The Last Duel this week. Still not sure what night we'll be recording that, but we'll figure it out. The Last Duel, uh, the newest Ridley Scott film. So be on the lookout, folks. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, Bryce, thank you again for joining me. Uh, always a pleasure. Always, always a pleasure. An awesome pod. And as always, folks, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>